0: Hi, I'm Heather, Certified Transformational Life Coach and Meditation Instructor. And I'm Mary Catherine, a Certified Yoga Instructor and Truth Crusader. Welcome to The Naked Truth, a podcast for women who are ready to talk transparently about living this life as authentic women. Throw in the towel when it
1: comes to pretending, covering up, and exhausting fake fronts and learn how to be and accept you.
0: Each week and each season, we will discuss and break down topics that are profound, challenging, and mad real when it comes to the hearts of womankind. From two women who passionately accept you right where you are. Because we've lived a little and we aren't afraid to share it. We're real, we're
1: live, and we're women.
0: Welcome to The Naked Truth. Hello, listeners. You are listening to The Naked Truth Podcast, and my name is Heather.
1: And my name is Mary Catherine, and we're so happy to be back.
0: We are, and you know, so, Naked Truth moment right here. Naked Truth. I I had COVID, and we, we did not um, drop our our regularly scheduled season six, episode three, or we did not record it when we, when we originally had it planned. So here we are a week late. You just get us a week longer. Um, we're still on track doing the 10 episodes. This season is all about Huga, and we're on episode three. And just, I guess, to backtrack, I um for two and a half years, We, I ran the good run with COVID-19. You
1: almost outran it.
0: Uh, I I ran the good run. I really thought I was going to be the last man standing. I I really thought I had this figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm a cautious person. I, I feel like I've balanced that out with, you know, just a lot of, uh, just a lot of common sense, but yet very cautious Um, I, my, my friend group, my inner circle, we're all very conscious of it. So no one is going around, you know, rampantly infecting other people. We're staying away from each other when necessary. Um, I just, I really thought, you know, I, I I just, I I really thought I, I outran it, but I didn't. So I, I didn't, but I comparatively from, you know, what people were experiencing. I shouldn't say what people were, cause everybody gets this differently, but um, two and a half years ago when, you know, my daughter had it even two and a half years ago and she, um, she was extremely sick and I was sick being sick is not, it's not fun. Don't get me wrong. Not fun. And I was isolated and that in in and of itself is um, not, not fun at all being in your locked in your basement. And uh, I felt, I, I often felt like, you know, Cinderella or Rapunzel, you know, down (laughs) down in my dungeon. And, um, (laughs) but anyhow, I'm up and I'm feeling much better. I'm still not around people much, but Still taking that very slow, but I'm back and here we are, ready for episode three. I mean, to be fair, we could have recorded episode three last week,
1: but oh, no. this this is what Heather would have sounded like. <laughs> we and, and she would have tried repeated that. herself a lot because she was had she had COVID fog.
0: <laughs> I was like. You know, and I can ramble anyway. Heather likes to talk. (laughs) So I, but it was, it might have been fun, actually, you know, might have been fun. It might have been highly entertaining. Who knows? But I can't promise that I don't still have a little bit of that going on. So, so anyhow, uh, here we are um, talking today about... Huga Habits and we're going to it's this title is Huga Habits Food Experiences and Essentials. And we're going to we've prepped for this for a few weeks now and <laughs> we're we're going to share just some 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 Mary Catherine's going to share a personal story and and I got some stuff I want to share regarding um what I have learned regarding Huga Essentials. So Mary, start us off, hun.
1: Well, this I'll have a I'll share another naked truth moment. Um, when Heather and I had a scheduled meeting to record this episode, uh, Mary Catherine had her episodes mixed up, and oh, yeah. we, we remember we had yeah. to put off recording because I prepped for episode four instead of episode three. So it was
0: um it was it. divinely and it, it was just it was kismet led yes. that we were supposed to delay a week. I really don't think anything good could have happened last week with my, I did. I sounded like, like I, some sort of, it would have been good for like a Halloween episode. But, (laughs) Well,
1: you you do you
0: definitely sound much better.
1: Um, But in taking that extra time to prepare for this episode and talking about, as Heather said, Huga habits, uh, you know, talking about food experiences and essentials, I I kind of started to dig into Huga experiences, and um, because even Heather has studied Huga for a much longer time frame than I have, this was somewhat this was a new idea. To, to me um when heather brought this idea to me
0: and god bless you mary Catherine, for going uh, going along with it i, I love this i love somewhere. everything about like, it you know what what about what about this idea it's just a concept yeah. that i love and we need to get more people on board with this and she was all in so god bless you
1: <laughs> well and it was we talk about divine intervention heather came to me with this idea Um, As I had said earlier in the summer, and for those of you who have listened to our previous episodes this season, I had shared earlier that I had been healing at home uh, late this summer from having surgery. And there was a good seven to eight days where I didn't, I mean, I didn't really leave my house for two weeks, but um, for the first seven to eight days, I was not doing much. I mean it was I was either in bed all day or in the chair all day or on the couch all day and studying huga really helped with that um with that recovery and it helped me prep for that recovery a little bit and when we talk about huga experiences I really tried to dig in and um kind of research different huga experiences and whether that was just you know, cozying up on the couch with a book all day or, um, I mean, let's be honest, binging um, a television show underneath a warm blanket, like um, you know, really digging into different ways that you can experience huga and experience that peace and serenity and calmness. But the one that came to mind the most when we were when I was studying those experiences revolves around another part of our title of this week's episode and that's food and as I prepared for this episode all I could think about was Christmas time at my nanny and papa's house and my nanny and papa are were were my mom's mom and dad and I grew up about mm, seven miles away from them and my my dad's mom and dad live right next door to us. And I was, I was very lucky and very close. I was very lucky to be so close physically and a family, you know, lovingly with both sets, my grandparents. Um, but for my mom's family, they were geographically more able to spend holidays together. My dad's family, not so much. We would still get together on holidays, but not on the actual holiday. On the actual holiday, we would spend that with with the cook side of the family. And it wasn't just a one day thing. Christmas Eve, we'd go over in the morning to Nanny's house and we'd be prepping the meal for the next day. We'd be listening to Christmas music, um you know, watching Christmas specials on TV. The cousins would be playing around the house. Mom and Aunt Sue. And Aunt Julianne and Nanny would be cooking in the kitchen. Um, You you know, it was a whole experience all day. And then we would go home and we would get ready for Christmas Eve mass. We'd go to Christmas Eve mass together. And my, my nanny and papa lived almost virtually right next door to our church. So we would go to Christmas Eve mass. Then we'd go back to nanny and papa's house and we would, uh, usually we would get like a meat and cheese tray brought in and, everybody would make sandwiches and there would be dips and chips and drinks. And, um, we'd open up gifts on Christmas Eve and then we'd go home and we'd come back to the house on Christmas day, have our Christmas dinner. Um, my grandma and grandpa Donalyn would often come with us because we would have opened gifts with them on Christmas morning and they would come to Parisville with us for the meal. And then we go back the day after Christmas as well. And it, it the love wow, that fills
0: me that's, that's really a three day experience. It,
1: it was, it was. And the love that fills my heart. When I think of those memories, I, I can't, there's no way that I could even put it into words. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to cry. Um, wow. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, it just, it, that experience is something that I will carry with me forever. And I'm so forever grateful that I w- that I had that growing up and as I began to study Huga, that is the feeling that I wanted to try to recreate that feeling of just love and living in the moment and enjoying everything around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now at 45 years old, I realize how fleeting those years were, but, at the time, you you were just living in the moment so much, enjoying being with your family that you didn't even think about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it it really did. A lot of our experience revolved around food, and um, you know, it still the pre- does really. Think yes, about yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the prepping of the meal, the prepping of the drinks, all of that, and. So I really wanted to kind of dig into that food aspect of the food experiences and essentials um, when we talk about Huga habits. And, oh, I don't, you know what, now as I'm going through this, I don't know that I have shared the link on our page. I, I promise listeners that I will this week. Um, the Little Book of Huga, The Danish <laughs> Secrets to Happy Living. I have a copy. I know Heather has a copy. And I started to investigate within the book the food the food aspect. And, you know, what types of food do you associate with huga? And I, there's actually a part in the book that talks about of all, um, of all the different foods, the Danes associate hot drinks with huga the most. Mm. And what I find very interesting about that fact is, I mean, what do we start every day with, right? Mm-hmm. A cup of coffee. And that first cup of coffee in the morning for me is like a fresh start. I like to enjoy my first cup of coffee as I'm sitting down to go through my daily devotional, as I'm getting ready to journal. And I've actually started incorporating an afternoon cup of coffee into my day. And what I've noticed is that I feel like I'm getting a fresh start in the afternoon.
0: Clever.
1: And I've got to tell you it's a game changer
0: and it's okay to do decaf listeners or tea you know tea
1: um yeah yeah absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. um but there's just something about i, I mean it's HUGA is all about creating experiences and mm-hmm. recreating experiences throughout your day um it just I, I really feel that that you know when i drink that cup of coffee in the morning i think about my whole day you know out in front of me. It's like a clean slate, right? A clean page. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and and very often in, in my line of work, um, you know, my day can go a little haywire just because, um, we're with my, with our department at work, there's a lot of information that runs through us. And so, um, you know, depending on the day and depending on the time of month, it, it, it's very easy to get sidetracked with other projects when you're trying to work on something and get it done and when i have that afternoon hot drink it rewires my brain it's like clean slate clean page fresh start mm-hmm. so that i you know that that little piece of huga in the afternoon and what this isn't this really isn't talking about food experiences and essentials but the um the least what what Danes associate the least with huga i this blows my mind actually it doesn't really blow my mind it kind of was a eye opener for me i guess is a better term to use facebook what? facebook
0: oh oh we have so much to learn from from denmark truly we do
1: I just when you think what do Americans spend most of their time doing? Social media. What do the yep. Danes associate least with Huga, Social media. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I am gonna have to, you know, you bring up that because I do have that book. I um but actually I did not have that book before you brought that book up to me, Mary Catherine. So oh my I gosh. And I have not, there's pieces of it that I have read, but the food section, I have not. And I will say one of the bullets that that I have written down to discuss today is that I was really not going to go over anything food related. I can go over my own comfort foods. We all have those, but like food as it pertains to the Danish, like when I think of it, all I really think about, like, okay, what's Denmark known for? To me, like, a really gross, unpopular cheese-filled pastry. And, like, I hate, I can't stand the da- those Danish things. I can't stand them. So that's what I think of. Like, I know they're supposed to be, like, good and kind of fattening and kind of donut-ish. But I'd much rather have, like, you know, a donut or a, a long john or, you know, something like that. But, so that's my... I don't know much about Denmark and food and that has not been anything that I've really delved into, but one, so in 2018, Denmark and this whole, you know, they're the happiest country 40 years running and, you know, came into my world because my daughter wrote an essay that got her a full ride scholarship. I, I didn't have, any freaking idea that she knew anything about Denmark and their culture and their society. And that, you know, they had something figured out way beyond what, what the rest of us do, but she did. And they gave her the topic and she wrote about, um you know someone that a reading that she did a book that she, about a homeless man from denmark and that it's the happiest country in the world and I, she'd be able to speak to it much better than i could but she wrote about it and told me about it in the car on the way going home and i thought hmm you know and, and uh from that point on every time something was brought up about Denmark or that area of the country. I paid attention. So I was like gathering little nuggets for the last you know four to five years. and Huga, you know enter Huga because Huga is very very much a part of their culture, and I was introduced to it. And what struck me is that when you when you Google Huga, when you look into it, when you uh, as far as other books, articles, it doesn't really have a precise definition. It's very loosely defined. People define it. It's all the same premise, you know, cozy contentment. But, um, you know, and it's it's it isn't all about you know isolation. In fact, you know, they, there's they they use terms like I'll slaughter it if a if a Danish person is listening. But you know, league or huggelite, they they get together and, um, actually. Denmark and their climate. So, so you know, I'm and in reading about how happy they are and how together and connected and and just how ingrained this whole cozy, contented contented contentment a concept is into their in their society. That when you look into their climate, they are dark. Like seven months out of the year. They literally have like seven hours of daylight half of the year, and they're extremely cold. Um, so they're cold and dark. And, you know, Huga is really it came from kind of the the thought of hunkering down and it's all about candles and fires and warm blankets and, you know, fuzzy, soft things, you know, everything that appeals to the senses, you know, reading nooks and comfortable clothing and socks and lots of tea. Oh my goodness. When you read about Uga, tea, 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 just, you know, tea for every season. It's very important in that culture.
1: And candles. Um, Lots and lots of candles. Yes,
0: and it isn't, and, and it's about the lighting, the warmth, the flame. It's a whole experience. Um, and so in that little book of Heige, and then uh, re- reading pieces of it, and then there was an interv- an interview done with Danes that w- they were asking a group of of Danes as to uh, you know, why um, or those who are unfamiliar with the concept, how would would the Danish explain Heige. i'm sorry huga oh my gosh i'm saying it the american way that's the covid brain fog <laughs> i wasn't going to say anything that, you know what you i uh, we've all done it and i have been i've been into the huga stuff for years and listen to me there we go but <laughs> the the shortest label to put on on huga is you know consciously cozy art of creating intimacy um the pursuit of everyday happiness but this group I think explain it best with a little antidote and it was a part of the book of Heige um, in the beginning of the book. And here it goes. I was in Sweden with some friends and we had been out hiking and came back in the cabin and had the fire going and got the stew boiling on the stove. And we were just relaxing, kicking back and enjoying silence and each other's company. And one of the guys said, could this be any more huga?" And then one of the girls said, "Yes, if there was a storm outside," and that that honestly gives gives proof that it's it's about a feeling from being sheltered from the outside. Mm-hmm. And we we all have, even Americans, we we all have things that we associate with cozy mo- moments. But what exactly, you know and they, they asked them this what exactly do they feel that Americans are missing and really in reading what we're missing is the conscious part and the the feedback that they got from readers in France Poland Portugal that they say things like i've been doing this stuff all my life but i didn't know there was a word for it and I think that that helps people appreciate it more. And I think it helps people plan for it and acknowledge it when they experience it. And I think that's the difference between Danes and a lot of other people and cultures is that they have a word that describes that situation and then it makes them more aware of it. It makes them plan for it and it makes them appreciate it more. And then The second major difference is Danes see this as a part of their culture and a part of their DNA, maybe the same way that we as Americans see freedom as a part of our culture and DNA. And there is another example. Um, I got this from the book. Um, In speaking to a mother of two in France a couple of months ago, she said earlier I would have cuddled up with my two kids on the couch on a Sunday afternoon and we would perhaps have had some treats and tea and I would have called that a lazy afternoon and then felt guilty about it. Now I call it having a huga afternoon and I feel good about it. And reading that, that that just to me, that little piece right there, we, we will, we will lay around. How often do we talk to one another? What are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm lazy. I'm, you know, that, that's how we describe ourselves. I'm lazy. I'm having a slow morning with my coffee. I, you know, I can't get up and around Mm -hmm. all about moving and being productive and, and there's guilt associated with it. And when 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 it's like okay you know i'm i'm taking this i'm having a cozy and contented afternoon it's it's really nice to think about it that way um and and the danes have helped us with finding a word and then finding value and helping understand why it's a good thing and not something that people should feel guilty about um Another thing, when you look at Denmark objectively, so the weather's awful, they have really high taxes. It is, the people are known to wear all black. Um, They drink a lot of coffee. They're known for horrific, bleak crime dramas. And like, when you look at like the Danish culture and look at photos and photography of the people, they just do not look happy. So, you know, like I said, the weather's not great. Summer lasts three hours. Uh, they have they they pay a lot in their taxes, um, and and so you know it's really they feel they feel an experience that they get a lot in return for all that they pay for, um, and you know the dramas. I I honestly think too that because that country is so safe. I think sometimes they're longing for a little excitement. Um, So, I mean, they they even talked about that some. Um, And then they brought up candles and lighting are super important to Huga, And it isn't something that most Americans really think about. Yeah, who doesn't like candles in the way that they smell and the way that they feel, but they're really important to the Danes. And so when asked, that group was asked to explain that, they said, you know, they spend all this time indoors because of the weather. They spend tons of time in darkness, so lighting is a huge thing, and people consider very carefully how to light a room. And you're not gonna find big harsh fluorescence and big white lighting in a in a seating setting in Denmark, and that you know they like lower ends of um of the kind of the the softer lower temperature scaled lighting, warmer lights. And uh, that comes from not having one big light in the ceiling, but having several different pools of light. And that's why candles are so popular. They give off soft, warm light. They're strategically placed around a room. And it's a big thing. And it's um, kind of a manifestation of this whole hygge culture. And so how can we active, actively cultivate more huga um in 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 reading this i had to ask myself is it just about noticing what we're already doing and really i think that that's a big part of it so this whole you know the the habits the food the experiences the essentials i think it might be as simple as using the word. I think that makes us more aware of it. And then we focus on those key ingredients that we talk about in our our, our culture in terms of like relaxation, togetherness, comfort, gratitude. And it, it. when you think about it in those terms, we're focusing then on the values, not on the manifestations, not on the candles, the aesthetic things, not on the chairs, but we're focusing on the values. And I find that, you know, since I have been studying Huga and 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 learning what the Danes say about it and how they're applying it, I think about it a lot in that it, it just enters my mind. I will be working in the morning at my table or in my home office or even in my office in person at, at, at the business place and I'm look, I, I am looking around for, you know, ways to, I, I do have soft lighting in, in every area of my home and I take into account what I'm smelling. I, you know, I diffuse a lot of things that bring me comfort. I will, um, light, light, you know, scented candles. I will burn, um, Uh, depending on the season, different uh, wax cubes, you know, just um, Mm -hmm. look at what is around me as far as like softness that I can feel, you know, we, we talk about blankets and candles and socks and, but really if, if you bring those things, the things that bring you comfort into just the mundane day to day, if if you think about what you're listening to, and, and that is a piece of this, too, that as we get going into the season, I have created and found. I've done both. I've created them and I've located so many amazing Huga playlists. It's it, acoustic to piano to uh, just... Uh, just a range of different genres. I have um, seasonal type Huga music where it's spring, summer, fall right now. I'm listening to some fantastic autumn Huga playlists and I, I will share them with you. Um, it's, I primarily um, stream Spotify, but I also use Pandora. So I would love to share that because um, I um when i'm at, when i'm in different homes and i hear background music that is something i pay very close attention to the last couple years and i'll i'll learn quickly who has that figured out you know who has kind of the background sound figured out something to play that just just transforms the atmosphere into just this soothing sacred space so i will be sharing that so that is my, my take on essentials, experiences, and not so much food.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I talked about the food, but um, just kind of one more thing to wrap it up, you know, talking about the food experiences and, um, you know, Heather talked about all the things that the Danes do, whether it be the candles, whether it be the blankets, whether it be the hot tea. Um, And, you know, that feeling of coziness. And sometimes in this busy world, like, you know, Heather talked about, you know, it it just seems to be our day to day, right? That we feel guilty about slowing down. We feel guilty about doing these things. Um, Even, you know, when it gets to be around the holiday time, we might feel guilty about taking time off of work to spend with our families. But you know what? Like the saying always goes, eating healthy is hard, but being obese is hard. Choose your hard." Working through relationship issues is hard. Getting divorced is hard. Choose your hard and choose what you want to put your energy towards. Well, going day to day nonstop is hard. And I know that sometimes slowing down and, you know, making yourself live in the moment and give yourself that time of coziness and comfort is hard. Choose your hard
0: and all of this, if you if you're a busy junkie, all of this might sound really like you know fairies and rainbows and head in the oh club. it
1: is not. I'm a recovering busy junkie. Trust <laughs> me. Well,
0: as am I. Definitely, definitely. But just apply, just apply one thing, and that that my motto about everything really. If any change you want to make. Just start small. So, you know, after listening today, if one thing struck you, you know, if it's if it's, you know, sitting down and when you light a candle, you know, really, you know, taking that in, or if it's just sitting down and thinking about what what are how can I change my surroundings? How can I? how can i on my drive to work how can i bring comfort and contentedness how can i bring huga into into my drive how can i bring huga into my kitchen experience how can i bring huga into my evenings after work um, just how can you bring that that culture into your day to day yes that's where we'll leave you and until next time we're, re- we're real, we're live, and we're women.
1: Thank you for listening to The Naked Truth. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new episode notifications, as well as updates and random pieces of positivity to brighten your day. That's The Naked Truth Podcast on Facebook and at The Naked Truth Pod on
0: Instagram. And shout out to Ewert Williams for our epic theme song and Michaela Shope for our top notch cover art.